Well, Pastor Davey, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It is amazing to start the year off with you, and I decided to pick something that would make half the internet mad and talk about— I'm already here for that. That's awesome. Maybe it's not specific to this, but talk about this sin that isn't often brought up of Mm -hmm. gluttony. Mm -hmm. It's uh, everyone's realizing it's the new year. They're looking at their schedules. They're looking at their workout routines. They're looking at the food that they eat. Mm -hmm. And this is like a short window that we have to where people are paying attention. But the ironic thing is that a lot of times I think we push this aside and we talk about, you know, we're we're about to start 21 days of prayer and fasting. Mm -hmm. We're leaning into all these spiritual sides of us, which are amazing. I'm not diminishing that. But I think this health as a pastor or as a Christian leader, sometimes Mm -hmm. we just kind of set it aside, push it over there. And yeah, there's some pastors who talk about it and are very, the physically fit ones, the ones with the big biceps and their tight shirts. And then there's others who just don't really care about this. And so um, I figured I'd bring somebody with the big biceps and the tight shirts. (laughs) And then you wore a fuzzy sweatshirt. I was was shirtless just a few (laughs) minutes ago. Somebody brought this and said I had to wear it. They said you had to wear it. <laughs> uh, for those who are don't know you, you're our Apple Valley campus yeah. pastor, which is our broadcast campus. It's our largest campus. You also were my youth pastor when I was in high school, <laughs> um, which is exciting. And w- w- did you think that I would I would I do good stuff? Oh yeah, yeah. I knew you. I knew you'd do something. Okay. It'd be. I knew it'd be awesome. You have great parents, so I, I, yeah. fig- I figured it'd be okay. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was about my parents. You just. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nepotism. Um, you're you're passionate about being healthy. Yeah. And you your family. Like, I feel like a lot of people in your family eat really healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, you you've worked out once or twice in your life. Again, people can't can't see you. That's not the goal. Is not for you to show off your muscles. Um, yeah, that's not going to happen. But 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 it's an important part of your life. Yeah. Why why has it been important? Like in in the you've been in ministry a long time. Yeah. Why has that remained a really important part of your life? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I've always I've always been like in sports. You know, we all played soccer for the orange slices and fruit snacks and everything <laughs> after after the game. Um, and so, growing up, did all of that. Uh, spent a lot of time in high school uh, in the weight room, just hoping to go D one. You know, and that was never going to happen. You know, uh, in what sport? Any sport, really. <laughs> at, at, at one point, I was like, I'll. Like I wonder if curling. I wonder if I could if I could curl in the Olympics, and there's no chance. There's no chance. Hey, the gold medalists are from Minnesota. I know. That's why I thought I had an in, but I didn't. I didn't have any in. Um, but I've always been. Uh, you know, I, I grew up with a dad who played football in high school, and uh, he was. You know, I had the dad that even though he was a meek pastor, uh, he was the kind of dad that I was like. I just wanted my dad to flex his muscles because I thought they were, it was so cool. You know, he's a big guy, strong guy. Um, so in my life, it was like that, that was kind of the, the example was my, my dad was, was strong. And, um, and he, he faced a lot of uh, health issues with arthritis and a lot of different things. And just like, you know, family, the family history, health issues that you put on the, the, the doctor's form. Right. And, uh, and so you, you look at some of those things and being an athlete in high school, but then you go to college and it, you know, I'm, I'm pursuing ministry. I'm not pursuing, I'm not playing in the SEC is all I'm saying, you (laughs) know? Um, and, uh, and so that kind of, that stuff just kind of goes away. And it wasn't until after, uh, an injury that I had, I, I tore my ACL playing basketball and, 
And uh, at one point in the recovery, uh, I saw myself in the mirror and it was one of those like, that is, that is not who you're supposed to be, <laughs> you know? And uh, so I just was like, okay, I need to figure this out. I need to get healthy again. I know what to do. But I was way too scared. I was afraid to hurt myself. I was afraid that I'd, you know, do something else. And uh, I, I stumbled upon um, a way of working out with a kettlebell. And uh, so I, it, I actually borrowed. That's not I stole a kettlebell that was used as like a, a weight to hold down a giant balloon at Sparkle. Um, and uh, I, I still... I didn't realize this would be a confession. Session. Yeah, well, you know, we did confessions of a pastor. Yeah, that's true. And I was true. already I uh, well shared for that. So let's yeah, just keep it going. If you didn't see the Instagram, just, just to take a moment, if you didn't see the Instagram, go to the Talking Church Instagram. You'll see Davey um, talk about the life group lovers. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I love... 10,000 people saw that video. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Uh, and there are so many more stories. Yes. Uh, I, was, I was almost nervous to come on here because of the amount of stories that just you have from being in youth ministry with me as the that's youth true. pastor. Uh, anyway, we're not going to share all yeah. of those stories. But I did. I stole, I stole a kettlebell, and I looked up YouTube videos on how to use it. And I found a way for me to get uh, strong. I found a way that I felt comfortable uh, getting healthy. And there, the reason why I share all of that and the reason why it's become like a, a, a passion for me is because if I, can, if I can get disciplined with my physical body, other things fall into place. Mm. If I can get disciplined with a consistent uh, time and a consistent way of, of getting healthy, working out, eating right, um, the, 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 the ripple effect that it had on the rest of my life was, was wild. And, I, you know, working out growing up was just a means to an end. Like, I want to make the team, so I have to get bigger so I don't get destroyed on the football field. And, uh, and then as an adult, you know, it became a thing where, wow, this actually pays off in other areas of my life. And so that's where it really started to become a passion point for me. You mentioned this moment where you look in the mirror, and I think a big thing that people struggle with, and obviously a lot of people listening are are leaders in the church or pastors. Mm-hmm. Um, there's more and more people from our church that are listening. So I, I'm, I try to always think about, okay, there's a lot of different types of audiences that are out there. But this idea of shame, I think, is a mm-hmm. big reason why this topic isn't touched as frequently because it's it's kind of – there's a lot of shame involved. There's a lot of personal shame. It's also very open in your daily life unless you maybe work from home and stay home yeah. quite frequently. There's only so much you can do with the clothes you wear, and it's like your body is – kind of shown to people like people see they say oh you're skinny or oh you're big or you're tall or you're short it's just it's something that people see very frequently so I think in in a lot of ways people don't bring it up because of this shame as somebody who is a pastor who obviously you'd say you'd like to say I'm healthy I, I prioritize that you probably have had a lot of people that have talked to you over the years that are a part of the church that maybe that's something you need to bring up as a pastor to say hey this is a part of your life that you need to maybe think about. And there's moments, maybe there's times you can think of it or just for someone who's listening, 
maybe they're the pastor that needs to have that conversation with somebody, or maybe they're the person that needs the conversation to be had with them. Mm-hmm. How do you overcome some of the shame that's around that area and actually address what is and what, what can be a spiritual issue, but for a lot of people is for sure a physical one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. People can feel shame for anything. Um, and I don't think I don't think shame helps anybody. It's not a great motivator. Um, but I also think that motivation in and of itself is kind of a lie. <laughs> like I, the discipline is being able to do something even when you're not motivated. Right. And, and to me, that's one of the reasons why I try to stay so consistent with working out, whether it's going to the gym or throwing kettlebells around at home or whatever, or just, you know, doing push-ups or doing burpees or whatever is because I need to have the physical discipline in my life, whether I feel like it or not. And, uh, and people will say, oh, you're, you're, you're body shaming or whatever. And, uh, I'll, I'll speak specifically, uh, what my conviction is, is that I have a responsibility. I have a responsibility to be healthy. I have a responsibility to be strong. I have a responsibility to be physically, as physically able as I can be. Mm -hmm. And that's not just because I'm that kind of a guy, you know, there, there's plenty of scripture that, that states that we should be healthy. We should be strong. Uh, in, in first Kings, it says that the, be a man that is strong. It just (laughs) says it right there. Like it's pretty clear, um, in, in Proverbs chapter five. Proverbs chapter 5 and Proverbs uh, chapter 7 was the scripture that we would use uh, about the wayward woman, and we'd preach it in youth all the time and tell the young men, like, don't, don't go there. Uh, but in, at the end of chapter 5, in, Pro- in Proverbs, it says, uh, a man dies because he has no discipline. Mm. And uh, Paul says, I, I beat my body into submission so that I, I'm not going to fall in these other areas right. as a teacher of, of the Bible, as, as a preacher of the gospel. And so there should be, as a, as a man and as a leader, and I'm not going to put anything that isn't in Scripture on somebody, but we should care. And so if somebody wants to feel ashamed mm-hmm. about something, I think that there are deeper conversations to have about that. Um, because when I looked in, you, you referenced me looking in the mirror. The day that that we stop comparing ourselves to other people, I think is a big day. And uh, But then the day that we take personal accountability and responsibility for ourselves is also a big day. Right. Uh, to be fueled by wanting to look like somebody else or not look like somebody else or have the habits of somebody else and not have the habits of a, another person um, is, is not a great way to live your life. That's going to be pretty destructive in the long term. But if you're, if you're doing it out of a place of, I'm going to take personal responsibility for my life, um, then I, I, I don't really, I'm not too worried about people that are saying, oh, you're body shaming. No, I'm taking responsibility for myself. Right. And I think, I think you should take responsibility for yourself and that might look different than the way that I take responsibility for myself. But I think in today's day and age, if people want to be offended, they can be offended. 
there are plenty of things to be offended by. And I would, I would encourage uh, anybody, especially, especially pastors, especially leaders, you need to take responsibility for your health. Mm-hmm. You have a biblical responsibility to be healthy, to be as physically able as you can to be strong. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, think, I think the day should be right now that as leaders, as pastors, we, we should take responsibility. I think I get a little bit nervous. It's like when you go to the doctor and the doctor is super overweight and you're like, right. That should be a little concerning. Or like when you have a teacher that's trying to teach you something, but they pronounce all the words wrong and you're like, well, that's not a good sign. Right. And I think the same is true when we're trying to lead people in, in, in their lives holistically, every area of their life, and we're, we clearly can't take care of ourselves, how are we supposed to be expected and trusted by others to help take care of them? Right. And so I think we have a responsibility to do that. Yeah, it's, it's something I think people often forget, but Pastor Rob might add his first book, Change Before You Have To, <laughs> yes. right? And for those who don't know, and it's too old that they don't remember it, his first book was about him losing weight, changing before he had to, yeah. because he thought he was going to have a heart attack. The irony is in his second book, keep the, or his sequel, Keep the Change, that he wrote many years later, he writes how he did have a heart attack, yeah. and losing the weight very well have saved his life. Yeah. Because if he wouldn't have, mm-hmm. he may have died because of that. And yeah. the doctors have said, there's a very good chance that without it, you wouldn't be here today. Yeah. And so I do think there is this reality to, well, I don't need to care about this. Well, you have a family that relies on you. You have a church that relies on you. You have a community that relies on you. And again, this is not just for the lead pastor or for the fathers of the home. This is for all of us, right? Mm-hmm. But I do think that there are many people who are asked to lead who it's pretty obvious that that they haven't taken care of themselves yeah. in that way. And one thing that I've heard before is people like, well, there are people who are predisposed to this. I, I want to be very forward. I'm not one of those people. Mm-hmm. So a, as humbly as I can in talking about this thing, I'm not predisposed to, I really, I have a problem. I need to eat more. Like sure. I actually, <laughs> I actually oftentimes will miss meals and I need to be intentional about that. So I, I, some people might say, oh, that's hypocritical for you to talk about it. I don't think that's true because there are pastors that talk about those with same-sex attraction who are predisposed to that, and they never have that issue, but feel very comfortable talking about that. And I think they should to say, no, this is something that if you're predisposed to this, this is how you counterbalance it. I hope that we can see—I don't like to use the word hypocrisy, but see at least the—what could be obvious to others that say— you're, you're quick to call out some of these other yeah. sins, as you should as a shepherd, mm-hmm. but this is an area that you won't touch because that's the area that maybe you live in your life. And I, with, with the sin of gluttony, it's hard because in the same way of falling trap of gluttony, you can also fall trap of your body image being an idol. Mm-hmm. And so there is this pendulum to where like, oh, because your body fat is not a perfect 4.6% or whatever yeah. it is, I don't think that's it. But I, I found this from John Piper uh, last night. And I thought it was super helpful, and I wanted to share this, and maybe we can process this a little bit. But he said, four signs to where food is actually becoming an idol in your life, to where Mm -hmm. you're falling trapped to this sin of gluttony. And he said, first, we become indifferent to the harmful effects of food on our body. And I think that's where a lot of people Mm -hmm. find themselves, step one. It's just, it's not a big deal. It's what's in the food. I know for my wife and 
your family and like your, Nicole would say this, and mm-hmm. shout out to Nicole uh, as she listens. To this podcast. is her favorite yeah. podcast. Her favorite podcast. It's humbling to hear, but thank you. Um, like my wife, she looks at all the ingredients. She's yeah. like, "Oh, there's seed oil is in there. I am not eating yeah. that." Yeah. You know, she's very. She has helped me a lot in that area, but because she cares about yeah. what goes in her body, and I think the same is true. We care about why don't we take drugs? Why don't we smoke marijuana? For many of our staff. Why don't we drink alcohol? If we're mm-hmm. a pastor, a lot mm-hmm. of people in our church feel that way. There's actually a growing movement in in younger people that mm-hmm. actually are stopping drinking yeah. because of the effects, not yep. even because of <clears throat> drunkenness, but because yep. of the effects on their health. And so with that in mind, if we become indifferent to, it's not a big deal. That's step one. Step two, we become indifferent to how much money we're spending on food. Yeah. If food's becoming an idol, you look at your budget and you go, I can't give to Kingdom Builders. I can't tithe. Mm-hmm. I can't go above and beyond. But you look at the biggest line yeah. item in your budget, yeah. it's food. It's right. going out to restaurants, all that. The third one that he says is using food as an escape for our problems. Again, that's one that I've said I've not really felt that, but mm-hmm. I know there are people that it's a comfort. It mm-hmm. is a place that they go. They say, this is, I, I'm stressed. I think a big reason why a lot of pastors are overweight is because it's one of the most stressful jobs yeah. out there. Yeah. It's very stressful to lead people in their spiritual walk. It's the most important thing. It is absolutely more important than your physical health, your spiritual health. It is. Mm-hmm. But I do think they're connected, and I think a lot of times it's an escape for many pastors and Christians who are dealing with the weight of ministry. And then the last one he says is, and this was one I wasn't expecting. He said, we stop enjoying food as a reminder of the goodness of God. Mm but rather the food replaces how often we think of the goodness of God, referencing how meals in scripture were meant to bring us together. You look at all the festivals and all the meals that are shared. You look at Passover meals, very specific, to teach people about God, to teach people about what community looks like. It's very communal. Food was an important thing. And now we have, I'm victim of this too, you grab fast food on the way to an event, you're eating it in the car, you forgot to pray over your meal, you're listening to, <laughs> yeah. to you know a podcast, maybe you're listening to this right now and you're sitting in your car and you feel convicted. Yeah. I hope that's the spirit and not just me. <laughs> but I think that's what we fall victim to. So, I mean, as you hear that, what, yeah. what comes to your mind? Yeah, I think all of, those, all of those are for sure true. I think the problem is we as as Christians and as pastors, we we fight against, you know, we're not going to be conformed to the patterns of this world, but we're going to be transformed by the right. renewing of our mind, except when it comes to food. Right. That looks the exact same as everybody else, and it's become a uh, an area of our life that that completely lacks conviction. Mm-hmm. We have conviction. We we choose to. I choose to not drink because it's a conviction. I choose to not watch certain things because it's a conviction. Um, and I choose to work out not just because it's a it's a discipline or I like the results or whatever. I, I choose to work out. I choose to drink a certain amount of water. I choose to eat clean because I have a conviction for it. Mm-hmm. And we should have a conviction for these things. And it's not about not being fat. You could be, you could be rail thin and be super unhealthy. Right. And, and the point is we need to be healthy. I think what, what he was saying about we just don't care about the effects on our body, I think that's where the, the shame comes in, right. is I think we do care, but we're, we're so ashamed that we, we don't do anything about it. And then the last thing we want to do is, is get a, a gym membership and look like an idiot mm-hmm. in front of people that look incredible, you know, which that's all a lie. 
It's right. all a lie. And uh, if, we're, if we don't take responsibility for it, no one else is going to take responsibility. And, and we should care. We should enjoy our food. And I know people are like, I do enjoy a spicy yeah. chicken sandwich from Chick-fil-A. I do, you yeah. know. Um, and shout out to Culver's. I love Culver's, you know. It's, it's, a, it's my favorite, like, on-the-go fast food. People in Texas are like, what is Culver's? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it's the greatest fast food restaurant ever. Um, but, you know, and, and I'm not the person that's like, I only eat this and I never, ever eat this. I've got two kids and I'm a pastor <laughs> and we're on the go. So right. you better believe that, you know, we're, we're, we at times, we have to eat things that aren't going to be beneficial for us all the time. And I, I think I, I want, I would love for America to be the place, you know, as, as many people are listening that live in America. America is not the place where you sit down for four hours and enjoy a long meal right. with friends and family. And I would love for that to be the case. And even if that doesn't become the case, what if we could enjoy the food that God intended for us to enjoy? You know, the flavors that you get from food are the way they are because God created them to be that way. Uh, and, and though Chick-fil-A is quote-unquote Christian chicken, you know, maybe the ingredients aren't great. <laughs> maybe, maybe we should try, you know, making our own food. Try, try that. Maybe we should look at the... Can you do that? The, is that is that possible? Um, look at the ingredients. You were talking about uh, Mac, looking at the ingredients. And we should look. We should look at the food that goes into our body um, as fuel for our body. It's what our body runs on. And too many of us treat our cars better than we treat our bodies. You know, you care about... Uh, well, may, I, I like to drive old trucks, so I don't really care what the oil is, but maybe you do care. Maybe you care about the things that you're putting into your vehicle, and this is the vehicle God's given you, and we should care. We should care about those things, and, uh, and so you have all the power to change your own culture in your own life and in your own family, in your own home, and, and just start with one thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it, Maybe you're not going to go to the gym and, and work out every day. Maybe you're not going to do that, and that's okay. Maybe you're just going to start by drinking more water. You know, just, just try that. You'd be amazed at the effects it's going to have on your life. You're right. going to feel great. Yeah, I, I was talking this morning at a coffee, and a friend I was with, he said, have you read Atomic Habits? And it's a great book, and, mm -hmm. you know, around this time of year, everyone is yep. reading that book yeah. over again. Uh, I'm, I, I, what I mentioned to him, which is crazy, I'm like, imagine writing a book that, I mean, you think, Hey, maybe like James Clear, I knew of him before he yeah. wrote that book. But imagine writing a book that becomes such a bestseller. I mean, I don't know how many copies. It's yeah. maybe 10 million, like yeah. millions upon millions. One of the best-selling books in the recent century. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. I just I just don't know what that feels like. Yeah. Like is I, I'm sure it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's gotta be. But just that. I don't know. It's a totally random thought related to the book Atomic Habits. If you haven't read it, it's a great book. I listen to it on audiobook, but I I just can't imagine like writing a book be like it hit to the level that I couldn't have even imagined. Yeah, well, and doesn't that say something that a book about habits totally blew up? Right. You know, right? Like the word atomic was like prophetic for the book. You yeah, know, yeah. it's like man, people struggle with habits. I remember the the book uh, Power of Habit by yep. Charles Duhigg. Yep. It was one of my favorite books, uh, and I think I think those those books are popular because people want to 
get better habits. But, people want to grow. But also people constantly fall short of that. Yeah. And I think that like that to me is why these books are continuing to be popular, why people yeah. keep reading it over. And I I don't mean to make light of it, but it's the joke that everyone is like, oh, January, the gyms are full, and by February, man, yes. they're wide open. Yeah. I also think, like, is that what Christians should be known for? Right. That, like, oh, at the beginning of the year, Christians are on fire for the Lord, and they do their 21 days of prayer and fasting, and they just love—they're on fire for what it is, and by the by a couple months in, yeah. once they get past Easter, you know, they just kind of get on vacation, and they kind of lean back. It's like the intensity—I've talked about this before, and we were— talking about how we love new believers, right? Where they're just, there's an intensity to like, I yeah. got to get my family saved. I got to get, but then we're like, well, eventually you'll calm down. Yeah, right. Eventually. Right. I don't see that with the disciples. Right. They Like Paul didn't just eventually say, you know what? I'm done getting beat. I'm yeah. sick of this. I'm, yeah. I'm going to just mail it in. He's like, right. I'm going to go until I die. I'm going to yeah. shipwreck. And maybe that was it, but I'm going to keep moving forward. The, you look at the rest of these disciples. They went until they died. Yeah. They went until they were murdered. Yeah. And it's like, I'm I'm not necessarily saying that that should be our threshold. Yeah. But I do think that if we can't make it from January to February with the habits we feel God's asking us to do, it's like, well, maybe we should be criticized for it. And I'm speaking to myself here, but I I think that's a tension is as a, a leader and when you get into this position, and I'm not in the the lead pastor position, but I've, I've gotten to a point where now I have teams that work for me, there's staff, there's a lot of network churches that that look to us for resources. Mm-hmm. It's easy when someone questions you to kind of push back on them and say, "What do you, you don't have the authority to talk to me that way, or you don't have the authority to tell me that I'm running this thing wrong. I yeah. think it's so easy to get that way because, well, I've thought this through and I'm a great leader. And I'm hopeful that for those listening, certainly there are people that are listening that have this, and it's a conviction. I know for me, I'm like, I eat pretty good, but I need to step it up, and I need to work out more. I, like, in golf season, it's really easy for me to get a ton of steps. I'm yeah. golfing multiple times a week. I feel really healthy. But then when it gets to winter around here, I mean, I ain't golfing anytime right, around right. here. But it's like, you know what? Man, I, I took that for granted. Sure. And maybe for those who live down south, they can golf all the time. I mean, yeah. I hate you. but Yeah, good for you. Uh, good, for you. Awesome. good for you. Good for you. But like my parents, they they walk yeah. like all summer. And in, in the winter, they find places to walk. They're, when they're traveling, they walk. Like it, it doesn't have to be stealing kettlebells from your church. No. It, it could be. I don't. I, I'm, <laughs> and also, I don't recommend that. I'm not saying that you should just steal them. But I do think that they're everybody's got something that they can do. And there's a reason why books on habits blow up because everybody needs to get better habits. Right. And I, I think it's real easy to try uh, to stop, uh, try to stop bad habits rather than just start better ones. Right. You know, that's what that book, mm-hmm. uh, Power of Habit, is really all about. And one of the, one of the, crazy things is there was a Duke University study in that uh, he said in that book that 40% of the the things that you do in a day, more than 40% are habits. They're not even decisions that you make. And so if you put the right habits in in that 40%, you right. know, you're doing things on autopilot all day. What if what if drinking water, getting the right groceries, eating the right things what if that was just a habit? Like it just, it's just what we do, you right. know, it's, 
it, it has less to do with, oh, I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to eat that. It's the whole, uh, there's the story about, you know, professional skiers that go through the trees and what they're not thinking about is don't hit the tree. Don't hit the tree. Don't hit the tree. Don't hit the tree. If you're thinking that you're going to hit the tree, <laughs> right. there, there's a 100% chance that you're about to smoke that thing, but you're, they're looking at, at the open spaces for them to go through. That's why I was bad at baseball. I always thought, don't strike out, don't strike out. <laughs> yeah, don't miss <laughs> it, don't miss it, don't miss it, don't miss it. But I think we, we don't think enough about, uh, I'm going to eat this instead. I'm right. going to drink this water. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, when there's a commercial on, I'm going to do a couple air squats. And if you can't do an air squat, which means you just squat with the air as weight, you'd be shocked, by the way, what a great workout you can get with your body and gravity. It's an incredible yeah, tool. Gravity's great. awesome, yeah. you know, for a lot of reasons. But one of the reasons is it causes you to be able to work on your own fitness and health without needing to. You don't need to go to the gym. I like going to the gym. You don't have to go to the gym. You don't have to swing a kettlebell around and try to figure out how to do that without hurting yourself and knocking your teeth out. Uh, Did you knock your teeth out? No. I've oh. come pretty close a oh. few times. I've been a little reckless at, at moments. Well, because you, um, you stole the kettlebell. That's yeah, why. Well, I mean, it's, there's a theme here. I have issues. Yeah. Um, but you don't have to do that. You could just start by for, for 10 minutes in the morning. I'm going to wake up early and 10 minutes earlier than I normally do and before I do anything, I'm going to... I'm going to do some squats or I'm going to do a couple push-ups on my knees. There's no shame in that. Uh, what, what we should feel a little bit of like, oh man, I shouldn't be doing that, is doing nothing. Right. We can all do something. Even if, if my favorite texts or calls to receive are questions about the Bible and questions about health and fitness. Mm -hmm. Those are my favorites because it's like, there's an answer Yeah, and you can do it. You can figure it out. Well, and... I think it's Atomic Habits that talks about this, like habit stacking too. And you, mm -hmm. you were mentioning it, how doing something simple. Yeah. Do you see that even in when you get out of a rhythm, maybe you go on a global team or you go on a, a campus pastor retreat and you get out of rhythm mm -hmm. to where your other disciplines start fading away? Is that something you see happen? Like, yeah, absolutely. It, it, I, I think it's, we we don't realize the importance of how those stack like together, like our physical health, are working out our rhythm, yeah. that routine, and then you get out of it yeah. to where it's, I mean, I think it was my dad when he came back from sabbatical and his first sermon he preached, he was like, dang, that one felt a little tougher because <laughs> I was out of the rhythm of yeah. preaching for a while. Yeah. I felt that too, whereas I hadn't preached for a while and then I preached like seven times in a row. By the seventh time, I'm like, oh no, I, I feel great. Yeah, there, it's it's a trigger and, and we need those things to trigger the other habits that we have. Right. And so... I think it's 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 fair to say that you should have some kind of habit in your life of when you wake up, when you read your Bible, when you pray. I mean, these should be things that as as pastors, as believers, we should we should have those things nailed. Okay, so let's let's add uh let's just add another another habit in there. Something that can be the trigger for you to then do everything else. And I've had to build into my life. And it's not something that happened naturally. It, it, it's something that you, you do have to build. But waking up and going to the gym, even if it's not for a long time, I, I've had times where it's like I wake up and for some reason 
I don't get to the gym as early as I want, but I go to the gym. What time is it normally you get to the gym? Uh, I wake up at five and I drink my coffee and I read my Bible and I pray about an hour and I go to the gym at six. And there are times I get there later, but I've got to be back by seven, seven fifteen because my kids are going to wake up and I want to be there when they wake up, mm-hmm. eat breakfast together and get them off to school. Um, but I, and I used to be embarrassed because, you know, you scan in and, and then like 15 minutes later, you're walking out, you're like, see ya, put the hood up, you know, don't let anybody notice that you're leaving. Um, and, and my response to myself and feeling that way is who cares? Right. Who cares? Right. This is about me getting, getting better. Uh, cause that discipline is going to trigger, uh, I'm, I'm going to eat different if I, if I worked out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat different because I, I, I had a discipline in the morning. And so I'm going to continue discipline. Uh, discipline, having discipline in one area doesn't mean, well, I was disciplined in that area so I can do whatever I want. It should grow the other areas of your life. So whether it's called, whether you call it habit stacking or a trigger or something, find a way to build those into your life. That's a, that's a beautiful thing. It's only going to make things better. It's right. only going to make things better. I, we can't move ahead without, with where we are in the year at the beginning, going into 21 days of prayer and fasting mm-hmm. without talking about fasting. Mm-hmm. Because when you're talking about, you know, the topics of gluttony or taking care of your body, it's interesting how in addition, how I mentioned, there's a lot of people that have decided, hey, I'm not going to drink alcohol anymore. Yeah because of the health benefits, fasting is all over. And actually this coming weekend, Pastor Rob's talking about fasting. And it's it's become kind of a trend Mm -hmm. to where fasting, intermittent fasting and fasting for days and people doing it to cleanse themselves, which I think is so interesting. And I've heard others talk about this, but God knew that from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Because that's how he designed our bodies to actually, if you... Do something that's difficult yeah. in fasting. Mm-hmm. You abstain from eating. Your body's going to be cleansed of things yeah. physically. Mm-hmm. But even more than that, you will grow spiritually and you'll be able to be attentive. And we hear all these stories. I mean, you, you read the story of fasting 40 days, 40 nights. There's a lot of different fasts mm-hmm. throughout Scripture that we read. But one of the things that we've talked about in, in the last several years as a church is Fasting in America specifically has kind of gone away, and I'm so thrilled that a lot of churches are now picking up this idea of at the beginning of the year doing 21 days of prayer and fasting. But the challenge that we keep making to our church and the challenge that we'd say to all the pastors is let's let's actually do it, right? Mm -hmm. Let's not just say, oh, 21 days of prayer and fasting, and oh, yeah, I fasted um, chocolate. It's like, no, let's actually abstain from eating food for a period of time, maybe a full day, maybe multiple days, because the bot— like. It's good for our body, yeah. but it's good for our soul. And it's scripture talks about it that that's what wise people do, that that's mm-hmm. what you do when you mourn. That's what you like. We're leaning in to a new thing. And I, I, again, another conviction for me, I always do it during 21 days of prayer and fasting. I always pray, God, what do you want me to do? What are the, the types of fasts? Is it a long period? But sometimes throughout the rest of the year, I'm like, man, I, I didn't do it enough. I, right. I actually, it shouldn't just be for January. It should right. be beyond that. But I do think from a health side, when you give up food, you're actually growing yourself and saying, this isn't an idol in my life. Yeah. I'm not a glutton. Yeah. I can give this up for yeah. you. And mm-hmm. I think the same can be true about 
Netflix. And, you know, like yeah. a lot of people bring up gluttony. And, and I think scripture in, in gluttony is talking about gluttony of food. But there, it's a it's a type of attitude. It's not totally. just like I like to eat. It's this. It's a consuming attitude. I think we can have that same gluttonous or consuming attitude about things. If you read this through, right, we become indifferent to the harmful harmful effects of social media. Yeah, we become indifferent to how much time yeah. we spend on social media. Yeah. I'm speaking to myself here. My wife's saying, "Amen." <laughs> we use social media as an escape for our problem. We stop enjoying the people around us yep. as a reminder of the blessings that they are, mm -hmm. but rather the social media and that replaces our relationships yeah. that we have with them, right? I just, I, I adapted that of what he said, but you can insert a lot of things in Oh, it. absolutely. I, you can insert anything, anything in there. You can be unhealthy with anything. Absolutely. I, and I think the, the idea of fasting, you know, I love, I love how Jesus says it, like when you fast. No, you're gonna. Right. This is this is a non-negotiable. Like you're gonna fast. You need to fast. You need to disconnect from the world and reconnect to God. You need to abstain from something physical so that you can gain something spiritual. And and then and then the the rest of the world catches up on the benefits of that. Like the amount of cell of dead cells that get flushed out of your body when mm -hmm. you do like a 72 hour fast is wild. It's 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 amazing how yeah there are. It feels, I know that in the moment, it feels like it's detrimental to your body. I'm going to die. I, I'm so Day hungry. Day two of every fast. I'm that's so me. hungry. You know, and then and then you like get out of your, your car in a parking lot and there's a fast food restaurant nearby and you can smell, oh my goodness. You're like, what am I even doing? This isn't worth it. Like I'm going to throw it all away for this chicken sandwich, you know. Um, but it's so, it's so vital that we allow ourselves to feel there's a there's a physical fasting is fascinating because it's it's one of the spiritual disciplines that has a physical feeling right i don't physically feel prayer i don't physically feel reading my bible i'm reading my bible but there's a there, there's something physically tied to fasting and and it, it is an assumed discipline that Jesus shares with us. And I think one of the most difficult parts about fasting, uh, like once you start to get healthy and, and once the, the food and the fitness in your life becomes a discipline, the new discipline is I want to fast for the right reasons, you know, because it becomes easy of like, wait, how many? How many dead cells get flushed right. out of your body? What are the benefits? Um, and... And, and the same is true, though, for reading your Bible. How many pastors read their Bible just, just to get the sermon material? Mm -hmm. And God's like, I'm trying to talk to you. I'm trying to connect with you. I'm trying to be your father, and you are my son, or you are my daughter, and I'm trying to connect with you. And we, uh, we, we don't do it for the right reasons. So you can do that with anything. And the same is true for your working out or eating healthy. It could be all about vanity if you want it to be, mm -hmm. if you choose to make it that. But if you choose to to realize that this is this is the body God gave you, and it's it's the temple of the Holy Spirit, and it you are an example to everybody else, you should care. Mm -hmm. We should care about these things. And when it's time to fast, let's thank God that not only do we get the the spiritual benefits 
But we all, like, God knew. He, he wrote it into the equation of how this thing works, that there are physical benefits. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm hoping that these 21 days, people are, are taking it seriously. I, I, I can sense that at least in our church, there's like a new, there's a new hunger to fast, you right. know? And there's a new attitude towards this, this stuff matters, and mm-hmm. there are real benefits to this. And when you fast um, and, and you're, you're thinking, I, I need to eat that, I need to eat that, that's exactly why you need to fast. Right, right. Because you don't. You're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. You, you're going to be fine. I, I've got friends that they'll do, uh, they'll, they'll do these long fasts, and they don't change their workout plan. They're still lifting heavy. They're still doing jujitsu. They're still doing all their stuff. And for me, I'm like, take a break, like chill out, but you're going to be okay. Right. You know? Right. No, it's, it's such a good conversation. I'm excited for this 21 days. And I hope for all those listening, again, many churches do this. Yeah. This isn't something that we created. It's something that a lot of mm-hmm. churches have been doing for many years now. But if you're not, I hope the churches lean into this yeah. and say, hey, I want to do this for my church. Maybe you've seen it and you've been critical and, oh, I'm not like that. We fast. You know, we're not just only a church that yeah. does that the first part of the year. Well, I hope that it's consistent throughout the whole year then. But also, why not join in with all these other yeah. churches that are doing this? And then if you are a church that does that, lean in. And what is God asking you to do as a pastor, right? What is God specifically saying for you, Mm -hmm. not just for the church, but for you? And I know that by and large, most people that are listening, many of the pastors that are on our network are leaning in. They're standing with us saying yes and amen to this because they've been living this out. But I think, I know for me, there's things I've talked about today that I'm convicted in. And I hope that every one of us has those little moments as the Holy Spirit does. It says, hey, this is an area. This is an area for you. This is where we need to go. Even just right before this, I said to Lindsay, I said, we need to step up and pray for our network churches even more. Mm, I'm convicted about that. We need to do a better job. We already do pray for Mm -hmm. them, but we need to step it up and we need to pray for them even more. And so I'm feeling that. I know we all have that in our life. And I'm grateful that we we talked about this topic. It's not always easy to talk about. Yeah. I know for you, it's easy. Uh, but it's but it's one of those things, like you said, I love talking about the Bible. I love talking about this. Why? Because it matters. Yeah, I I love talking about it because you you should care about yourself. Right. As pastors, we work to care for other people. And if we're not careful, we don't take care of ourselves. And the amount of conversations that I've had with with pastors that are unhealthy. And if they're a male, the testosterone's dropped and they're just lethargic. But they, so then they go to the doctor and they get pumped full of meds. And I'm not going to go down that rabbit trail right now. But you, you get into this mode of like, oh, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm good. Yeah, you might, you might be okay. But imagine, imagine what you would be like if you were actually healthy if you're actually taking care of yourself. And so I, I, I'm the one that I have no problem telling, telling anybody that's listening, let this be the year that you, in addition to taking care of other people, take care of yourself so that you can actually take care of other people right. and lead people in the right direction and, and be holistic. You, you have difficult conversations with people in your community about all different topics but you don't have the difficult conversation with yourself to say, I, I need to be the healthiest version of me. So take care of yourself so that you can take care of other people. Right. Some might say you should change before you have to. Oh, that, now that is a book. That, that, would be, that. that would be a bestseller for sure. Well, Pastor Davey, 
It's been a great conversation. Excited to go work out with you soon. Let's do it. And uh, thanks for being a blessing to all those listening. Love you. Happy New Year, everyone. Thank you for being a Talking Church listener. If you could help us out, if you didn't do it in 2023, you said, I'll wait. I don't need to do it. Everyone else is going to do it. Could you leave a review as a gift to us to start off 2024? Do it different this year. Be different. Leave a review. Write something kind about us and send your questions our way. We want this to reach as many people as possible here in 2024 as we have all new episodes. Excited for what's to come. Thanks for being a Talking Church listener.